0: Someone else has already said that.
1: This is the best of the best, the best ones aren't as good
0: as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. Best of the best. Best, best,
1: best, 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 best. Hello, and welcome back to Best of the Best with myself, Connor Keys, and my co host, Mr. Ronan Mullen. Hello. Well, so we are back for our second episode. Um, believe it or not, we have made it this far mm-hmm. uh, yeah so far uh we want to go for um a different genre this time um, we want to pick something uh the best um in regards to music
0: and well in our opinion in our opinion all of this is our opinion the the overall cadence is our opinion yeah so when people go up to you in the street <laughs> or when they email us and go you know I never seen that show before so it's not the best to me you're like we don't give a fuck no. because that's not what this is about.
1: Not two fiddlers, uh, but yeah. It's so and it won't be the best. As in, we're not saying that's the only best. No. one there is. It's no, just stop taking things so literal. N- now,
0: now that's the best rave album volume eighteen. How did it get <laughs> to fucking eighteen? Because there was a one, and they didn't go. Let's just stop at one. Yeah. Because there's more that happens.
1: No. Right, so uh, from that, as you, we got our chance to vent there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, the point of this is, so we want to try and pick and highlight things that we like, and uh, if it converts some people, well and good. Uh, If it doesn't, well and good. And uh, (laughs) you
0: know, wealth,
1: aye, right as it is. So uh, we wanted to wanted to try and uh, expand things a bit this week. So we are going to do two
0: albums. Two. Two a twofer, a twofer,
1: uh, two masterpieces. Well, we can't say that because maybe somebody says that masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, two widely um critically acclaimed and I suppose yeah, commercially definitely. acclaimed um albums, and both from two wide ranging genres, mm-hmm. and uh, both in our opinions, very very good albums. Do you want to do our reveal of the name of our two albums? Then?
0: Make it all. We're gonna all do it? the debut album by the Stone Roses. And the debut album by the Wu-Tang Clan.
1: Well, that doesn't get much more special than that, let's be honest. No, well, I
0: mean, if we think about it, we couldn't have done anything in the same genre. No. We couldn't do TV, again. No. We had to do music. And as we were talking about previously, there was no point in doing one album um, because it's going to be very difficult unless we walk through track by track and that's yeah. Gonna and be a no, real no, real born for anyone as including us.
1: <laughs> yeah, as niche as we want this to be, yeah. it's that's that's just Frederick niche. You know what I mean? <laughs> um so th- the idea of this then to to try and kick things off, we wanted to start with the Stone Roses. Yeah. Um both of these bands, Stone Roses and Wu Tang Clan, would be um both bands that we would very much appreciate uh whether or not other people do especially in uh county tyrone just to remind people we are in tyrone in case you wonder well, where these voices are coming from
0: i was th- just when i was looking at stuff about the stone roses earlier a lot of things a lot of things you read are about the reunion and about the subsequent tours mm. and then you go back slightly uh well not slightly 1984 when they did the second coming and the hype about the building of that album and the tours that were meant to happen didn't happen subsequently did happen with different members complete shit show all that yeah you realize that that sort of fever now is the the jerry cinnamons the yeah you know these guys that are going i have to get there i have to see this this yeah. is a life or death sort of situation about me seeing this band they're that important to me and the stone roses were sort of i think and especially in uk indie that was the beginning of that sort of
1: Absolutely. Furore into now, in band hand in mind, with hindsight, mind. you can look at things and go, "Yes, they were the sort of the catalyst of what came from uh, Britpop, if you want to call it that." Mm-hmm. You know, they were the sort of things to start that off. But I mean, you, they, they were about for a while. They were formed for a while, yeah, yeah. and a few iterations of of, of band members. I mean, um, but the final, the final sort of classic lineup that we all uh, know of is: so we have on vocals,
0: you've got. Uh well, I want to I want to go from the bottom up. You're going to go from the bottom up. In my opinion, uh huh. John Squires at the bottom for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, controversial from the and off. for a very distinct reason. I fucking hate art students. Mm, well, and he was the pinnacle. Oh yeah. Of art yeah. student. Mm-hmm. Now he's a fucking brilliant guitar player. I have no. Yeah. The the sort of songs. i songwriter. And and a great songwriter, mm-hmm. but to me, top of the pile was always Rennie.
1: You wouldn't say that because you're a drummer. You're going to But he say wasn't that. just a drummer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you would say he that being a, a drummer yourself. Quality drummer. Well,
1: he, well, okay. We'll start with Rennie then. I mean, I mean, obviously anybody that can, uh, even if you don't really know the Stone Roses, you'll know the sort of more, uh, now iconic kind of uh, fisherman's hat or bucket hat the drummer used to wear. Yeah. But Rennie. I find it very strange that they used to call them, you know, that this was dance music sort of rhythms, and, and it wasn't really. It was kind of just new. Uh, 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 Wikipedia has them down as neo-psychedelica. What? Yeah. Like the Grateful Dead or something? Like the Grateful Dead a neo-psychedelica. So it's the oh, new it's psychedelica, um, which, I don't know. I mean, some of those rhythms are quite, you know, um, the offbeat of him at all times is quite, you mm-hmm. know, uh, strong on it, but... You need money there for it to work, you know. You so, do. but so give us then you, your, especially when you're a drummer. Give us the drumming sort of insight of what well, you, why you would start with.
0: You sort of see. I've seen I've seen a lot of drummers play the way he plays, mm-hmm. and this. The, I'm going to go way back here. The Stone Roses were a hard sell to me. Yeah. At that time, I wasn't a big indie head. I was listening to some extreme stuff. Be it hip hop or be it through metal or rock or whatever. Um, well, not at the time this album came out because you were eight. No, no, no. But when this came out, all I knew the Stone Roses were—they were just another UK indie band. Yeah, who everybody liked. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed
1: to be quite commercial when you were looking from the be, outside. Like yeah.
0: if you're listening to Fool's Gold and mm-hmm. you were like, "Well, that's quite that's yeah. poppy enough, isn't it?" But Fool's Gold wasn't even on the original. Album, yeah. It I mean, added we'll, on we'll, we'll
1: we'll we'll go into that about how how, how crazy that actual album is. But
0: so, so for me, being sold it, I was being sold it as, no man, like really listen to the music, like it's really. And it took time. I remember being at school, and there was one guy in particular at school was just Stone Roses mad. Mm-hmm.
1: I think we all have one
0: of those people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know that guy it. too. He <laughs> he was in the second generation <laughs> of the guys the that introduced. Generation, yeah. So, what what clicked with me he was the drummer. Mm. And it just it just seemed to be it to me it always sounded like there was about ten instruments being played
1: yes. by the drummer at one time, and there wasn't. That is, that is the crazy thing about when you listen back to it, just think there has to be overdubs. There has to be overlays on that. There has to be some. There was a few. But, but the, on the mean when you listen to the mace
0: light and yeah. you're going, there's nobody no, else. There's, there's no nobody. percussion yeah. group here. Like mm-hmm. it's just him. So that to me was why it sort of struck me straight away. Plus his drum setup, if you look at his drum setup from like the early there was a, con- a live concert from don't know, it was Blackpool or something. Blackpool, like. yeah, there was a big. And, b- and the way his drums are set up are the way that all these like emo core and hardcore drummers set up now with the toms real low yes, and everything uh-huh, like uh-huh. the cymbals real fucking high, but and they're all lightning fast if they need to be. But he was fast and didn't even look like he was moving. Mm-hmm. And he was just and that was all the quite time. new at that time. Oh, to, that to was change was the setup Yeah, people didn't people didn't do that like.
1: But I and I presume then, that from a drumming point of view, that was for ease of speed, because I mean, he had some, the fills that he's doing on some of those songs, I mean, he, he needed to be close at hand on some of those things, because yeah. the speed he was working at. I think. Well,
0: uh, ideally, yeah, but I think to, to have that set up, you have to sit quite high mm-hmm. to look sort of down on it. Right, okay. But he was always so hunched
1: over. I, it always looked like he was uncomfortable. It never looked
0: like he was actually... Yeah so he just seemed cosy like even when we saw them which we'll get to Yeah. but when we saw them he walked out and waved and sat down and didn't move from that posture ah, that was it that was it
1: that was it was class <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yes
1: they've been uh, that's Rennie and then we have uh, we have Manny Manny on, on bass. Uh, I do know his real name but I can't remember so that will be a, a trivia for somebody uh manny's bass playing i think he was the last member to sort of of this lineup yeah, know, there a, of, yeah there well, was a yeah well ian brown was the first bass player he was the first bass player. press right he, he started off on the bass uh he sold it somewhere along the line and just decided to give up because this is the thing they have started uh, 1983 mm-hmm. uh, is when they were first started um but the album didn't come out in 1989 see so it's six mm-hmm. years well, which for some bands that could be four albums done you know six years they had yeah. nothing. Except for like changes and bands, lineups, and things, like got a couple of singles, obviously, and uh, but then this this hit them. But Manny, I think everybody would agree at the time that when he came along, he just he just was the sort of foundation that everything clicked. I when th- he came th- well, then.
0: they have they said that when he when he they didn't realize that that sort of sound, which they thought they already had, could be achieved with just the addition of one musician. But mm-hmm. what they didn't realize is that they had. They had two amazing musicians in the band already. Yeah. And then Ian Brown doing his monkey magic. Mm-hmm. And they add in Manny, and it just became this real soulful, funky...
1: That's the thing about it, yeah, because I, I think I read somewhere that Ian Brown left to go and manage a Northern Soul night in Manchester. That's, That's what he was running. Yeah, I... well, You know, that. so the influence behind... You could feel some of that influence, especially at mm-hmm. Northern Soul. I'm only recently getting on to Northern Soul and... and uh, uh all that stuff that
0: I love the dancing. <laughs> the <laughs> the Any dancing. footage I see of Northern Soul always look like. Yeah. They don't give a fuck what they look like dancing. Don't give a fuck. And
1: they've had about three yaks. Three yaks. E- and everybody Yaks are yokes. Almost say yaks, I think. But then young ones say yolks.
0: What do they say yokes? I think there's yolkes. Egg
1: yolks? As in yolks, as in that mm. thing. There's no downside to say. Anyway, that's a very weird but it's as I suppose very apt discussion about exercise tables when you think of the time and the, where the, we're, the context yeah. of where they were in <laughs> Manchester and what was going on. Um, so they, they, on guitar, then we had uh, John Squire, mm-hmm. um, as you said, amazing guitarist. Uh, I think he's a, a fantastic songwriter. Yes, an art student. Um, yeah. Maybe the fucking the gang of three that was there needed a wee bit of class and culture brought into them. I I would
0: <laughs> I would go as far as saying no, <laughs> because you would really want them three. To just go as wild as they want to go, but, but did we not have
1: that with the Happy Mondays? Fair fucking <laughs> mind. You <laughs> know, whenever you let them go, sometimes some <laughs> you might. Need, if the Happy Mondays had an art student, it's fucking be everything be yep. all right now. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, uh, that's fair enough. But yeah, so I mean, but Squire, I mean, some of the guitar stuff, you could hear the influence of Mar obviously coming through in mm-hmm. the Smiths. Um, Hendrix. Yeah, some of the, the the some of the licks and some of the riffs they said are. are, are well, they're iconic now because they're so well known, along with Manny's bass lines. Um, but again, that songwriting partnership formed with Brian Brown and yeah. him it just brought it to that, brought it to where it was in that album and the quality and the standard of the songwriting. Well which the leads the us th- to,
0: didn't the, th- m- the guy who was the, who was the original or the bass player before Manny didn't him and Randy leave because the two guys were going to take. More, more money that or that something. That yeah. That they they there were, were double the standards, sort of
1: yeah. you would think that like Lennon McCartney. You think that that's yeah, songwriters would take, yeah.
0: It's not something that's unheard of, like me. No.
1: But I, I don't know what that was about. Is that just egos again? Just Probably. somebody saying money and just thinking. Um so speaking of egos then we have Mr. Ian Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I mean I I you know, there's a lot of people love him, a lot of people hate him, uh, but you have to think of at that time. Was there anybody cooler in Manchester than Ian Brown? Um, no, you know, uh, there's a. There I think both Gallagher brothers were at that gig. At a gig, a two gig separate gigs. Oh, they're two separate gigs. Well, I, they, I think they were one of the biggest one of, them, one of the biggest ones. Uh, they were th- both at it, and they just yeah. made that decision. By and they both said
0: that this is pretty much going to be it. Like
1: yeah, so that's basically Ian Brown's fault. For but there's a great story
0: about the first, the first gig they played as the Stone Roses. They were supporting Pete Townsend in london that's right that's at an anti game. yes and ian brown how they got it was ian brown sent him a, a note and it just said i'm reading this out now i'm surrounded by skag heads i want to smash them can you give us a show <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> there's loads of boys doing heroin around me i couldn't be yeah. fucked listen to them go and give us a show so, so we can help sure. get rid of this Craig. <laughs> maybe and that was it, was
1: it was first class and is that the same gig where they sort of competed against james no, Is that's later on. Later on, where they just sort of haggled over the headline slot, because this was all in the process of them leading towards the debut album. They never yep. had, you know, the 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 record label was, um, was Silvertone, I think yep. it was, you know, so uh, very independent, obviously, it was indie music, but um, yeah, the 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 level of, of sneakiness and cunningness mm-hmm. of going round and sticking their posters over the top of yep. James posters, Brilliant. um. And then also, n- as well as sticking thing, just turning up late. Yes. So that the, the promoter had no choice but to <laughs> put James <laughs> on early and Stone <laughs> Roses ultimately became the de facto uh, headliner. shit is, is fucking brilliant, is genius.
0: of the fucking highest order.
1: <laughs> and only a man like Brown. Yeah, and it worked. Could come up with, yeah, it did. And it got to, to, to what they needed to do. They had they had built the following in, in the north of England, but mm-hmm. to get that uh, to go further, obviously they needed that... Um, they needed that change in their sound, which came about, I think, they were, you know, round about Sally Cinnamon. It became very sort of yeah clean and posh, which was a pre-album release, because mm-hmm. we will get to the album yet. But that's where they were whenever things were starting to yeah well meld and come together.
0: They already had Peter Hook who had produced Elephant Stone. That's
1: right, Elephant Stone, yeah. yeah. And then
0: he was going to do the album, and he had, you know, like... He had new order. That's okay. So, so Aye, you know things to, do like. he had things to do. Yeah. So he was like, I can't do it.
1: And they had Martin Hannett at one point as well in the early days. And Hannett, I don't know what happened there. That really? Yeah, they had it in the early, early days somewhere. Um, they were working on maybe the very, very, very first single. Uh, and it didn't work out. Funny enough, with Hannett being Hannett. Mm-hmm. But then, so then, this is where John Leckie then sort of comes in in regards to production for yeah, uh, the album. So the actual album released in May, am I right? Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. And um, never reached the top number one in any country no. by the looks of things. No. Um, which is usually a good sign for now an <laughs> Yeah. Any, and again, the album's good. Yeah. Usually doesn't get the number one. Uh so they what they the the front cover is the famous
0: lemon. The lemon and the tricolor, they're French. It's yes. It's based on the Paris tricolore. Tricolour. Does that sound like treacle? Nah. Trecully. <laughs> it's uh, it's centered around that. But because they were like, yeah, get John Square to do the, the album cover, man. They were like, yeah, brilliant. What are you going to do? Something about the Paris riots They were like, oh, for fuck. Right? <laughs> I work away there. Fucking square." But you know what the lemons are about?
1: I did see this. Actually, this is way back. It's song. about.
0: This isn't my point. I've got a far better point but the, the lemons are about they used to put it on their face when the tear oh gas that's hit right their face the the right for the tear gas and the riots yeah but yeah. in the background there's like a distinct hue of green and blue and black uh-huh. do you know what that's based on
1: <laughs> that's for so good
0: James Cosby what I swear to fuck they played in the University of Ulster in Corrine but obviously before that like 87 yeah. 80. and he says the colour of the water to the, the moss and the dirt on the rock that colour stuck with him. He's like the colour of the back of the album is based on James Causeway There you go. Jesus oh, You beat that? Okay, we're stuck on everything, sir. So we're in the middle of that fucking scene too. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and even the name Stone Roses, I mean the axiom, uh, uh, so there was a lot of talk of it being like uh, also linked a link to the Rolling Stones or yeah. a, it just was it an oxymoron thing. Yeah, Again, yeah. this art thing was like two
0: things that are so diametrically yeah. opposed. Stone Father and Roses. <laughs> 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 yeah, they um, <laughs> a lot of people theorize so much about songs and, I mean, so many other things. But I mean, Bye Bye Bad Man mm-hmm. is what the front covers actually called.
1: Oh, that piece of art's called Bye Bye, Bye, Bye Bad Okay, right.
0: And the lyrics of Bye Bye Bad is influenced by the Paris rights and stuff. So it's it's all linked. Oh. But can you imagine sitting with Ian Brown going? <laughs> Done <laughs> <laughs> I've done this. I've done this people working. It clearly accent. wouldn't be that accent, but I think it's maybe a concept album. Yeah.
1: What a concept.
0: just be boys <laughs> fucking squinting and, oh, <laughs> just just absolutely out of it he's fucking out of the game. He's fucking out of the game. Oh he's doodling he again, again the cunt.
1: So, I mean, if, uh, well, no matter what you would have, uh, the album now, obviously, is so iconic that that, that logo is distinctive anywhere. Uh, that 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 image of the lemon, yeah. Um, but the the arrogance of well, the arrogance of of the art student <laughs> is uh-huh. is is quite uh, prominent. But the arrogance of Ian Brown, you know, uh, yeah, it's the you tri-lite. couldn't if you could bottle it, you you'd make a fucking fortune, you know. Um,
0: well, it's been replicated. It's been replicated, they tried. yeah, purely, purely yeah. replicated, but. Augustine. Well, if you start
1: if you start with the first track, mm-hmm. I want to be adored.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> what A statement. I know. And then the final <laughs> is yeah, I, am I, the I am the Resurrection" <laughs> of the not of the original <laughs> album. So,
1: the Messiah Complex is strong in this one. Um justified? Mm.
0: Maybe. Mm. Um not the strongest singer. Definitely not. No. Um a great vocalist, a great frontman. Mhm good lyrics along with Squire. lyrics yeah. are right, actually, yeah. I'm on um, good stuff. They, they they sort of described it early on as the arrogance of the Sex Pistols mixed with the humor of the Smiths. Yeah, I can buy that, yeah. And
1: I was like... The, but the well, there's... All right. But the energy is
0: the ener- definitely stoned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's the next part of it. Right. The next part is... Then you add in dance and rave culture. Yeah. That's <laughs> a lot of molly. And that's where a lot of... Shoegazing comes in and just a bit of wiggling about.
1: <laughs> that's why you know I am a resurrection seven and a half minute long song. <laughs> yeah. <at> work. <laughs> <It> <laughs> didn't <the> feel that <laughs> way we recorded. <laughs> they all the old it? it makes it feel like three seconds. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean some of the some of the uh, there's so many standout tracks on it, but uh, again, not too many. None of them got number one. So again, that's a that's a no, decent enough. Sign. I think
0: I think Fool's Gold was like the biggest. A lot Short.
1: of yeah, a lot of entries I think, I yeah, think, and yeah. later years as well. But um, *Fool's Gold*, you y- you touched upon it earlier. It was added in. It was added in, was added later, in. later stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we know? You know, was that just a decision? Was it because it was a single? They just wanted to put it in as it it a one of those deluxe editions sort of or I think it
0: was released with this with another single. Okay. Um, *I Wanna Be Your daughter or something it was a B-side. Okay. And people picked up on it, and then they did a the video, and it became very popular. It's a great song.
1: So you've got some, uh, if you talk about it, I want to be adored, you've got maybe one of the most famous intros mm-hmm. in the UK, mm-hmm. if not the word. I mean, yeah. it's up there. Like it really is. Like It's so, it started. even if you weren't a Stone Roses fan, you would sit and go, I know that. What's
0: that? Mm-hmm. It started the gig we were at.
1: That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and the and whole place went fucking boxy. Clean, mental. And and rightly so. I mean, it's it's such a, an intro. It's such um. We probably should play the music in these things, but copyright will probably take us down off, and we gotta like, oh, fuck that. Okay.
0: And then we gotta rec- yeah, uh, cut it, yeah. and then we gotta apologize to everybody. We'll then email Ian Brown and Then John Squires gotta listen. We call him a fucking knob, and then, ah,
1: here, are gone. Give us a
0: wee bit, <laughs> wee bit of promotion, there, <laughs> what <would> do you say? <sir? laughs> <laughs> he probably would. They don't like each other again, do they? I don't. I can't keep track of No, even that Shane Meadows film. You're sort of like, that's it. It's over. Yeah, but it wasn't. They went right back at it again. Money, money talks.
1: Mighty. Fucking, where's John Square and his fucking art, fucking ethos now? I know. Give me the money. Yeah. So well, I you um, can't complain if it's if he's willing to do it and they're out and they're on the road. Fair fox them. Uh, I know I paid to see it twice. Yeah. Know, since the resurgence. Um. But again, I I'm going to be honest. I mean, it's probably vast majority of the reason to be there is to hear this album. Yeah, you know, realistically, I mean, what what came the second album? Mm, it's all right. Um, any new stuff? No, definitely not. So this album has, you know, you've got quite a hefty amount of big tunes, big tunes, big big tunes, um, big tunes,
0: and I only found out today that I am the resurrection. The intro, the bass intro, mm-hmm. is just Beatles Taxman, played backwards. Get out of here! Think about it. <laughs> that's it she is I swear so to God Manny uh, apparently used to play it in soundcheck as a joke he used to play the taxman backwards I learned taxman backwards and the boys would all be laughing and pissing themselves and they just kept mm-hmm. adding the,
1: something at it I know this is audio only but if you can see my face there just mm-hmm. trying to compute and trying to play taxman and yep. <laughs> right around my head that's, that's unreal actually uh-huh. that's, uh, see if we had a we could have shown the 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 difference between the two if we didn't have so much problem with copyright. Go and look it up,
0: you fucking cheap bastard! Ah, go and check it out. actually. Yeah. Well, know, but, I mean, if just, you've never heard, if just just you don't know directing. it off the top of your head, yeah, go on, isn't it? Because it's really good.
1: And yeah, that's that's a new one to me. Actually. As is Taxman, the Beatles. <laughs> here, here first, brand new band, <laughs> Liverpool. They're going to do well. They're going to do well. They're going please. Uh So I mean, I mean the, the the track. Listen, if you can talk about um, the level <laughs> of. Epic tunes is just unbelievable. Um, You've got obviously, I want to be adored. Starting it off, start off uh, adored, which is a
0: really weird intro. Like it's even like Sally Cinnamon or Bye Bye Batman would have been a better start. Yeah, it's sort of easy. Like when you start with I want to be adored, you're going, holy, what am I getting into here? Yeah, because you're you're immediately waiting for a fall. Or the band, The Fall. Something very dark <laughs> for <laughs> 60 yeah. minutes. Yeah, But you don't get that at all. No, so and, and I mean, uh,
1: it's so light, maybe, is the word you could use. I mean, it's... And again, that's back to Rennie's sort of real succinct drum one, that real mm-hmm. sharp hits. Like um, uh, Again, the five-minute song. You know that uh, It's not often that you see that these days. No. Five-minute songs. Never mind getting into <laughs> Resurrection in eight minutes. Yeah. Um, a five minute song's a, a strange thing so it's starting off strong on the album taking it on to She Bangs the Drums yep another another fucking cracker bl- and then followed by Waterfall I mean you know what I mean yep. it's so you've got maybe already there's a the first three and I, I would I would challenge anybody to find me any album with the first three songs better than that to be honest one more that's iconic
0: that's at the time yeah. um, even people reviewing it some people were like this is it mm-hmm. The U- Britain has now found it's Savior, this is this is just. I'm gonna be telling my grandkids about this that I heard this for the first time before, ever. and other people were like, mm-hmm. "It's poorly produced, mm-hmm. the sound isn't great, um, the songs can be a wee bit mundane, and the musicians aren't that great." Now that all changed mm-hmm. the minute the album came out, and people start the wave started to shake a bit more. People actually would do end of year reviews. Were it charted higher than, or they reviewed it higher than what they originally reviewed it, because it took time for them to go to real. Yeah, this isn't. It was what I'm quite used ahead to. of its
1: time in that sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the sound was new and stuff. Like so uh, and and it became like a cult following if you want to call it that. Yeah, as what they had, and then this just took it to the to the next level. And mm-hmm. where when the album came out, then
0: uh, How many different fucking like iterations of the album are there. Loads. Like uh, you I, I was checking up. There's
1: yeah, there's so many. There's and, so many. and they all then have you know, you've got US releases, you've UK releases. Um, you've got a version that's only available on November 1989 re-release. You know, there's things that can, and that you can't actually keep track of all the things that coming in. Um, so I mean, I o- I always find the, the the fourth track, which is "Don't Stop," yeah, which is Where'd basic. it come out? <laughs> Well, isn't that backwards?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Isn't that uh, what is it? Is it is it waterfall? Where she bangs drums played backwards. Aye, and then he just sings over it, and then he sings over it. Yeah, which is because like you're listening, and you're going, I, I know that. Well, oh, it's not the riff, and it goes and it rushes back and again. You're going, how on is that something? Yeah. Then it all clicks, and you're like, God, oh, is that played backwards? That is unreal. So th- even for then at that time, obviously, people just so... The Beatles have been doing it for the 60s, or you know, they playing music backwards and hearing yeah. messages. To have a track completely, a previous track played backwards was just well mind blowing, kind of like the Taxman thing about playing something backwards. What the fuck, drugs are you on to come up with that idea?
0: I know. And what were you like? Were you learning Taxman and you get <laughs> bored? What's it Backwards and then you start, uh, or is that just showing off? Just like, what do you see what I can do? It could be, but it's something, f- it's something clearly that was funny and they just. It went to a whole other place, mm-hmm. like an in joke, uh, ah, an yeah. in joke riff. But just, can you yeah. imagine, like playing it live for the first time? You're all like, <laughs> "This is fucking brilliant!" remember when you brought, remember when you brought that to me, and, and I was like, is up!" And now it's like Aye. our biggest song, like that. No, I've got
1: Taxman here backwards. No, don't. Be, you can't put that out. Everybody, stop playing mad.
0: What is Taxman backwards? Ten
1: years later, like this is N- iconic. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Key and Genius in that sense um, you've got a few I, I actually like some of the f- if you want to call them non-singles because this is the thing some of those songs weren't classed as singles at the time mm-hmm. like I think the first single was um, Elf and Stone yeah. yeah so it wasn't I Wanna Be Adore She Bangs Drums or Waterfall or Food's Go that was the first single so even they themselves didn't have faith <laughs> in the other songs because you always put out your strongest yeah, hit yeah. Uh, as your first single Uh, And so they went for one that probably most people don't know because it didn't do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So even then, I think it shows that they didn't have any fucking faith in this new sound that they sort of had come out, where they went for something that was more like Jesus and Mary chain type thing.
0: Well, I mean, out of all the songs in the album, the one I remember more is Bye Bye Badman.
1: And I don't know why.
0: Just sticks in the head. Just it just like yeah. it's it's always the one I can just like go from minute yeah. zero to the finish, and I know every single note. Mm-hmm. And there's an bit like that could fluff me up if somebody goes. If you ever played it live, and I haven't, but like yeah, but you'd
1: know. I yeah. just know how to do it's it. Just there, yeah.
0: It's just one of them songs, and it's in the middle of the album, and it doesn't make any sense for it to be the one that stands out because there's so many standouts. But it uh, it is.
1: Yeah, that, and that's what that's what really gets me is that there there are some songs in the middle who which if they had been given the commercial-wide release that the other songs had got would probably be as iconic, yeah. let's be honest. If there was mm-hmm. as, as cool a music video made as there was for *Fools Gold or as there would be for um, Waterfall, I, you know what? All of them could be done. So anyway, we can't rant and rave uh, uh <laughs> any more about the tracks. Uh, but then you get to the end because you're thinking this is a... Like some bands are going mm-hmm. like, wait, we're going to put our strong stuff at the front and then we're going to leave the end and it's going to sort of tail off. And you do get that with albums sometimes. Or an album sort of tails tails off at track ten or eleven, and you know, like in another world, they were probably going to be a B side. Yeah. But they just tacked it on because the record label says it has to be a minimum ten <laughs> tracks or something. So, mm-hmm. but no, not for Stone Roses. So you have, uh, on the on the full uh, UK version, you have this is the one I am the Resurrection and Food Gold, which again, <laughs> are sort of like what a what a three songs to finish.
0: And this is the one is probably the, sh- uh, arguably. I think is the strongest of the three, and
1: it wasn't a single. And it wasn't a single, no. I, I, but live, it is. It's fucking huge, like live. It's arms out, like you, ah, you, are, you, are, you are. the resurrection. You're Bap out. Like, bap the road. <laughs> uh That's just bring me back to that last time we seen them. But uh <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, but but the, yes, I'm saying, and like, and and it's it's so underrated. It doesn't get the the sort of kudos that the rest gets,
0: but it's. Amazing tune, it's amazing. class, it's amazing. Um, so I heard it in Spain. We, me and her, were sitting out in the balcony. Me and her, me and Don, <laughs> and uh, sorry, <laughs> going to I'm not in there? trouble. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, some, some boy was like standing what I thought he was standing at the top of the hill. Hmm. We were like in a balcony, like a, just a descending hill right in front of us, and at the bottom was the beach, and the top was like one of those Lineker's Nightclubs. Oh, nice. And it was closed. And when it's closed, it means nobody's allowed in, doors are all shut there, and people outside. There's no, but all the chaos is inside. <laughs> and I could hear this is the one ca- pumping through the walls. And I was like, fuck, I'd love to be in there just to hear that. But then I realized the type of being it, but. it. And I could blessed. hear this boy like walking around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I. <laughs> and he's just like. Screaker, like walking home with shopping or something, he's just <laughs> flat out <probably> going <laughs> around the corner. I was like, "Aye, man, I do that too."
1: Yeah, uh, and we have. Well, I mean, I, I uh, after the first album, I suppose we could talk about that period because it was, it was shit for them. It was the, weird. That whole record label f- yeah. rubbish. Because the second album didn't come till '94. Mm-hmm. That's five years later. So they've been together '83 didn't get an album out to eighty nine, so six years, and then five years to the second album, and this was all down to some
0: L- Wranglund the, the r- legal label or something. Wrangling the, the Silver Tone, isn't it Silver? Silvertone, yeah. They didn't want to get rid of their or give them the license for to go to another record label. They were basically getting an advance from like Geffen or something for twenty million. And they were being given two point three million up front to record. Mm. But they weren't allowed. Because they were still under contract. There was something under contract, yeah. Um, And there was something to do with previous releases and previous this. And it was a mess. And Mm -hmm. it was a mess for... Until 1992. So they were then given two years to record what became the second coming. Mm -hmm. But from what I've read, they were in the studio for like 374 days. At 10 hour days. That's a lot of recording. Now... If you ever hear the end of, what's the song right before, no, it's the end of 10 story love song. Right. Where John Squire plays this sort of outward lick. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the end of a solo. And it goes on. And every time you think it's the end note, he plays another four or five notes and you're like, that's where them 374 fucking days, 10 hour sessions, because it was him foot about. Fucking fiddling. Foot flat <laughs> art. and
1: fucking art house, student.
0: The amount of stories, and more recently, the story we heard about was it Shed 7? Mm hmm. That they asked them could they come up? That's right. And they landed up to the farm, cottage, studio they were and hung out with them and took photos and all, and then said to them, please don't release the photos until. You know, this is all over. Yeah. And in fairness to them... They did it? They yeah. waited until 2019 mm-hmm. and put out the story. But it's a complete love-in. Like It's like, yeah, it's absolutely. a mighty story. Yeah. But there's also a story about one of the... I think the guitar player for Elbow delivered pizza to them out there right. and didn't know it was a Stone Roses. Just thought he was going to a house. Just from randomers in the middle of the And the boys were all there and he's like, oh, all right, man. And he goes back <laughs> into my <laughs> series, He's like, we here, but <laughs> well, I just fucking encountered.
1: So, th- I mean, yeah, I mean... Uh, that, but that there was a mess, a d- big yeah, mess. It, it dogged them for a long time, and and uh, I think I can only imagine fans at that time. Obviously, we were a bit too young for that crack. Mm-hmm. But fans at that time, I mean, you're sitting waiting and you've got you've you've just had this album put in front of you. There is no name for the album, by the way. We should have pointed that out. It's, it's eponymous. It's just the Stone Roses. Just stone Again, r- the arrogance of it. Yeah. No name for an album. It's just called the Stone Roses. But
0: also, when they were saying the Silvertone, they told them they had like 30, 40 songs already written, and that mm-hmm. none. So the reason the that they bounced out like all like these songs, <laughs> a few were already recorded or already written, but mm-hmm. the reason they bounced is because they had to, because they, had, to. Cause oh, they yeah. had bluffed the fuck out of it. Even that, I love it. I love it. It's great, like. So, at uh, it, at it, then that
1: uh, we get into the the sort of breakups. Then after that, because that album, the first album, sort of, uh, it it gives them the, the 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 praise, the commercial praise as well, because MTV still at its peak at that time, mm-hmm. um, and the music videos were doing very well on there. So you, you you had you had that sort of um, side to them if you want, but they were just they were shackled basically they couldn't go any further. So I can only imagine it's going to cause rows. It's going to cause ru- ruckuses between people if they can't they can't record and they can't do the things they want. So especially when you get the personalities like Ian Brown uh, yeah. and, and Manny and all sitting in the room, it's not going to go according to plan. Really, no. Is no. It? no. It's, it's going to be messy. Like you bring drinking, drugs into it, and all the rest, and then the stress and the pressure. Of having to come up with the difficult second album,
0: it's pretty well documented in the Made of Stone, Shane Meadows. This is
1: Shane Meadows' movie, yeah,
0: do- uh, documentary. But documentary, saying, yeah. it's more, it's more if you take it, take it, take it in your own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Imagine me, you, and four of the boys, like, yeah, oh, yeah. and we just we're just writing tunes because we don't know anything. We don't know any other way to to make money or do anything like so. And, and, you also and, know, being
1: good. and you also don't know these tunes are going to ever be, no to be released idea. because you're stuck in this. And then you, problem. you
0: read reviews when your first album comes out and people are like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's okay. And you're like, all right, whatever. Uh-huh. And you get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you get so big, a major label comes and says, we're going to give you a fucking bucket of uh-huh. money. And you go, well, we must be good. <laughs> Not right. But we're completely shackled here by this legal thing. Uh-huh. The legal thing goes away and they go, tell you what, get in that studio and get working. Here's £2.3 million. <laughs> Are you going to come right. out with anything good? Yeah. No. <laughs> Although there's not... there's not. The second comment isn't bad.
1: It's not bad, but... There's uh, a few I things you just know. There's nothing. And it I'm, meanders
0: over yeah. and over. Fuck me.
1: A lot of bands suffer through it. I, I called it the difficult second album. They do have that problem. I just think that there's their first album was so good. that the standard just could never be... I don't think it could ever be released again for that. uh, Everything just clicked for them. No, I'm not exaggerating. If they had the chance of a third album relatively quick after that, I think maybe they could have gotten into the swing of things.
0: This is not an exaggeration. Love Spreads, which is the first Mm -hmm. single from Second Coming, I think it takes about eight years before you get to the riff. (laughs) (laughs) Seven years. (laughs) Like, the amount
1: of... Foot there, Squire, just sitting going, hmm.
0: See, just fuck and then the seahorses, it was straight to the point. Ah, that's what I didn't. So, real bad, yeah. poppy bang back, somebody yeah. must have
1: said them. Real, ha- get that had, out of your f- do you know how good you are, Bren Riffs? Go and play a few there, play a few riffs, <laughs> but yeah, I I play them now. Don't wait. Till, like, for it's
0: it's the whole what people don't talk about is these were just the pilot wings, like they were they were that's it, yeah, yeah teenagers, they're, they're quite became, young. They they announced it an. Their own gig in Spike Island and at 27,000 people turned up.
1: That was, yeah, that was what and you're that like right at the peak of their uh, when the album. That was, was when the so album
0: was only out like so 27,000 at
1: that time when they jumped from 4,000 in Blackpool River, yeah. 000, I guess whatever. Yeah, these, these
0: are filled with factual errors. We know. Oh, yeah, we're coming. We, we oh, don't edit this fucking show. No. This is all we're not writing it down. We're just bl- we'll film the next one. You can see the bluffage.
1: No, we'll not be filming because we're doing the nip. Because we're doing the nip. Because we're doing the nip. If there were ever two phases that deserve to be a (laughs) podcast, (laughs) audio only podcast, it's these two. Uh, But but yes, an audio uh, or a a nude only podcast would be be quite interesting. Uh,
0: But so. It goes to your head. It goes to your head, and then when you go to. Try to make that same level of genius that was so free and easy coming to you at one time. It doesn't come again, like yeah. And they left Manchester.
1: Yeah. They toured around Europe. They, they went from different recordings. So they left Man. They left the sort of uh, the base of their inspiration. Yeah. And the whole and scene. Trying to then, find new inspiration elsewhere, and it and they missed the fucking boat, which yeah. was happening in Manchester that they'd started. They sort uh, of yeah, lit the they flame they, under things, and it really kicked off for them. But they were too busy farting about
0: Germany. Yeah, they were in Germany, and then tours were cancelled and then they recorded an album which took two years and then yeah. didn't stick to their guns on certain things and one member left replaced them. another member left replaced them, mm-hmm. and what was left was a mess
1: so was Squire the last one to, oh well Brown's the last one to Brown. officially leave. but Squire left just before that then maybe in 85, mm-hmm. uh, 86 so but that album I mean it's legacy yeah what it has passed on. I mean, we talked about together her brothers obviously being at uh, a show um, and deciding there and then that that's going to be what they want to do. Well, the, the um, you've got other than the Britpop whole scene. Yeah. You know, um, Stone Roses started the Madchester, if you want to call it that, that whole scene. You know, the yeah. Hacienda wasn't as full flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you call your guy, Tony Wilson? Yeah. um, Who was obviously beh- behind a lot of the bands, <coughs> put Happy Mondays together to try and replicate what the Stone Roses were doing um and field. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> came close, um, but tried. So that whole scene, that whole um uh, Mad gesture, it really just um it came from them and they weren't about to sort of take the credit for it as such. Well it, to know, enjoy the sort of spoils of Yeah, th- they're th- like a call that work and the, uh, all yeah. the effort. Like I mean if you're talking what's that, six and five, eleven years for two albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a fucking <laughs> that's a hard toil. It's very good. It's not good, no, not very prolific. Uh but then when the first one's so good, sure, Jesus don't know. I've well, seen other bands 11 years worth of shit. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So I'm not
1: going to name any, but... No, but we'll, we haven't got enough time. Um, <laughs> we'll be here no, all day. we, we, we don't. Yeah. But
0: uh, a lot of them were Britpop. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And a lot of them that were banging out were trying to fill the void left by them, but by f- trying to fill that void, they were forgotten. That's it. But it wasn't until the likes of Oasis started going Stone Roses, They're the Boys. Yeah. And then their whole back catalog started. And that's
1: how I actually started getting into them. Was that whole, if you want to call it the Renaissance, around mm-hmm. about ninety six, seven, eight, nine, where, as you say, the likes of those bands coming in, where that whole Britpop scene, they all, even the whole Oasis versus Blur, the one thing they could come in agreement to was the Stone Roses. Yeah. You know what I mean? The influence on them. So uh, that was their sort of legacy on it. Then you jump forward to what two thousand and eleven. I think it might be even earlier than that. And we hear there's going to be a.
0: Well, uh, oh th- every one of them put out a quote saying something so over the top and ridiculous about how what it would take for me to get back, and and then bang. No. <laughs> like I think the Sun newspaper broke it in their typical fucking. Softly, softly fashion the fucking scummy. Oh, uh,
1: you're right. Left front page.
0: But and then it was like the NME, and then there was a press conference, and then there was a and other. But w- what you had then was us as fans Mm -hmm. i i wasn't as big a fan as the likes of yourself or friends of ours but i was excited for it absolutely i I wanted to i wanted to hear what's coming i'd love to have thought that there was an album that they had been sitting and working on and fine tuning Mm -hmm. but then i remembered the length of time it took to do the (laughs) second one (laughs) do we want yeah do we want to see that 15 years of a fucking (laughs) development but what was it with a nine-year intro oh jesus so what what I started to think then was it'd be really good if they came to play here and of course Ireland was announced in one of the first mm-hmm. runs because they were like big to play in Ireland all the time. Um, And it sort of looked like a bit of a sideshow. Like yeah, seeing them up there in that stage well, in that, will, will that you press
1: conference. Me and you had went to the second time they had done the yes. tour so I went to the first one in Phoenix Park when they announced that. Um,
0: and that was the that wasn't the first run. That, that was literally was the first the group very of first, gigs.
1: Yeah the first group of gigs and uh I mean, for me, it was just amazing just to get to hear those songs live. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian. I mean, we should before we get into the resurgence. I suppose we should talk about the solo ever. Brown was still about. Ian Brown was still performing. He was doing a lot Very of solo well. stuff, and and actually, so, so he yeah, has some some really good yep. solo stuff. Uh, but again, live was the problem. Um, yeah. I do believe he got, uh, bottled off stage at the Ulster Hall.
0: Fuck. Mhm.
1: If I am correct in thinking, and there's one of those ones where did I just make that up?
0: I don't factual think so. <laughs> factual I'm factual really sure. inaccuracy. Factual. Factual Inaccuracy.
1: I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I don't want to name the person that told me, but they were at the gig, and I don't know what the problem was, whether it was technical or sound, or he was just rubbish, but somebody somebody maybe threw a bottle or somebody did something stupid in a way like that, as there always is in the crowd. He overreacted or something, and then the place just turned on him. <laughs> so sort started a, and the gig was over. Uh, maybe that's wrong, but I think that was like a kind of recent, uh, as in recent as in 2004, 2005, sort of thing. Uh, you can
0: get away with that and Black paint, but you won't man. get away
1: with that and in Belfast, right? That's a quote, <laughs> direct quote. You're lucky they were fucking plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and what? The, so, uh, he, he still had the arrogance, he still had that, um, Charisma, if you want to call it that, because he still was a cool fucker. Like, I mean, his hairstyles, everything, the way he dressed, the yeah. way he walked, the way everything about him was still cool. I love his solo um, albums. Solo stuff was really, really good. There's yeah, he mm-hmm. really,
0: really. If you ever have the chance, like his greatest hits mm-hmm. of Ian Brown, it's fucking magic. Yeah. Like, it's a really, really good album. But just listen to it at home because he's shite life Shite. Why do you think they, they got all the opportunities to make money, the biggest opportunity to make money at the minute? Is concerts obviously? It's the only opportunity. Merchandise, yeah, and big high resolution Blu-ray fucking concerts mm-hmm. that have extras and shit that people won't be bored waiting to Seven download. Seven point one, eighty gig- yeah. yeah, brilliant. They haven't released one. No, <laughs> you don't want to hear Ian Brown because you Seven don't want to see it. No, because we went there mm-hmm. and we spent the day having copious amounts of crack, mm-hmm. cocaine. No, wear pants, just just paints. crack pants, crack pants, and. We landed at the gig. I think we got a bit of loyalist abuse too before, <laughs> didn't we? Just a little bit. It. But it was right. We bit, and then we um, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, We went to the gig. Mm-hmm. We had a few pints beforehand. We were f- we were up for this, like mm-hmm. we were ready to go. Oh yeah! At this point, we were at boiling point. anymore, and we would have been lying on the floor. Yeah. In our own vehicle. Mm-hmm. And they come on with no build up. nothing. Just big light on the stage. Mm-hmm. Like a big, huge stage, and they barely filled it, and they walk out and just start. Ah, no, no, chat, n- nothing, no naan.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was and like, it,
0: "What did I expect?"
1: And it, but it was class, and 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 to be honest, to Ian, or to be Fair to Ian Brown, uh, honestly, his voice was great for the songs. Yes, and what I mean by that is, and the same thing happened in the Phoenix Park gig during during the bits that we all know as in during the recorded studio bits that everybody is aware of he had it down to a T because they are the bits that he knows and he's learnt them off
0: and you get to re-record them and you get to re-record <laughs> them
1: but even live he had them learnt off but do you see when the band went off into a veer and he had to improvise Aye, or he I had do. to sing over the top of a Does solo or had to sing his stick Oh, it was actually painful at one time. I was just going, Oh my god, he's trying so not to even look at the crowd like out of tune, Many thousand
0: people were there, and he wasn't looking at like them. Felix Park was 40, 45, 000. like it was a Jesus. massive, yeah, it was a big crowd. Who else was at that? that gig? Was <coughs> uh, who played it? Who else played it? It wasn't just them, was it?
1: No, it wasn't them, but I have no clue because again, all oh right, okay, crack paints, cool paints, man, paints of crack. And uh, but yeah, but it, it, it was embarrassing, you know, to mm. be there and because. It was sad to hear, you know, but again, during the actual bits, and I think it might have been um, the resurrection or, or some of those ones where there's an extended, you know, the way they do the extended yeah. sort of instrumental bits, and he was trying to sort of ooze and ass over the top of it. And I was Scat. like, oh, please, Ian, just going to go dig- 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 out there and let the musicians I just break. walk
0: over the side of the stage. People yeah. just freak seeing him, like, yeah, just walk over, don't, I, ever, don't I, have to I,
1: sing well, nothing, just go and do it. Right. Right. All you did was highlight that you're fucking singer. yeah. Uh, Live singer, I should say. Life. But, and that was a common thing in the sort of, it, I mean, Morrissey was one of the most famous w- terrible singers mm-hmm. live, but in later years, his voice got stronger, he's got better. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Smith, The Cure, same thing, you've seen Glastonbury recently, same thing, he was Just an aside note. That was unreal. That was unreal. We should do best of best. Oh, headliner. fuck. But his voice was so strong, so they've, they've got better over the years, but he's got worse, mm. which is not... Definitely not good for any band. No, it's not. Um, it's but not is that a with That has to, to be. Yeah, it has to. But it has to be something down to the fact of lack of practice and input, isn't it? I mean, or just that he never have it there. Because uh. Morrissey didn't seem to have it there, but now he does seem to have it. He's fucking troubadour level. Some of the singing he's doing. I've never heard his voice as strong when you're alive. But
0: I try not to listen to Morrissey. To be well fair, well,
1: I've sort of yeah, I've come off that wagon there recently. I love the Smiths.
0: Are you really <laughs> going to do that? <laughs> you can't just go there.
1: Oh, don't even start that one. That is a, that's for another day, that bad boy. Uh, I think we'll have
0: to bring in a third party. If we <laughs> might have to do that one, one. yes. We'll have to bring in the... the and the I know the third party. <laughs> the
1: mediator. Uh, so, uh, I mean, so Stone Roses then finishes off with uh, Still Going. Uh, I don't know if there's there a, still a tour as in 2019. I think
0: there was a cryptic message sent by Ian Brown to someone about it's pretty much over. But uh, I mean, as long as they're still... Alive.
1: Yeah, and they've got lifestyles to lead, and uh, they want money. So money talks. They'll probably come back again. But
0: point. as long as, as long as I get to see Rennie and Manny <laughs> playing, that's I, it. I wouldn't care. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I really wouldn't care. And and that's me saying that. And we're gonna end on this. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers pointed. We went. We went to Primal Scream and the SFX in Dublin. Another brilliant. Band. We were 16, 17. The there was loads of us, mm-hmm. and during the gig, a friend of mine's wearing a Celtic top at the front row, <laughs> and my brother is wearing a Chelsea top in the front row. <laughs> Manny points at the Celtic top, gives a big thumbs up, points at my brother, and waves like, "Nah, nah. <laughs> like, not happening. Get away the fuck." With and uh, Cormac's like, "Yes, yeah, fair enough." So we're outside after, and. In SFX in Dublin, there's a backstage area, but the doors out are the front door. Where everybody's leaving is where the band's coming out. Right, okay. I don't think it's there anymore as a venue, but it's... I was going to say what venues are the SFX. I can't even describe it. It was the St. Francis Xavier Chapel right beside it.
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: But it was was a mighty venue for sound because it was just a square room, box, doors were there, that's it. So he's, they're all, we're waiting outside. Pretty much everybody's gone, except us. There's a group of about eight or nine of us. And Richard Ashcrock comes out out oh, was big. Like proper. <laughs> like an eyeball like and he had a run, he saw us and we were like, All right, Richard afterall. And he goes straight back in again, goes back out with security, straight into the car. The car that's waiting is a car that's waiting for Bobby Gillespie and Manny as well. Bobby Gillespie comes out and he's like, all right, all right, all right. And he goes into the car and then Manny comes out and sits chatting away at us. <laughs> like just chatting away, Oh, you're the boy Oh, selling all oh, right, what's the oh, call? Chelsea the no, offer for blah, blah, blah. And he sat and had just crack. That's It Again, a few years later, I'm in Glasgow and I met him in a bar. <laughs> and he chatted me for about two, it was only like two or three minutes. But he was just, the guy's just, you can tell he's the type of guy's just really glad he's been in bands. Mm. Not to mention two of the best bands. Two of the best are going, yeah. So, you and know. Th-
1: and that's a rare thing to find these days. There's some of them are fucking poker so far up their hole um, Aye. you know it, it's it's nice and refreshing to hear somebody sit and, and spend the time with, with fans mm-hmm. so uh, okay we're gonna leave on that because that's what you said go and check out the Stone Roses album Um, definitely worth a listen to uh, from start to finish
0: definitely
1: now 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 no, sir now we go to the other end of the spectrum we go across the, the, other the, the, the Atlantic
0: Ocean heading to uh I <laughs> have. <laughs> Everything I watched about Woo in the last few days has had American DJ, like <laughs> flat out boys that were just like, the Wu brought the fucking heat, man. All that. And I was like, who the who All you how, motherfuckers better listen up. How can you be that person? <laughs> and every one of them had this. Oh, of course! Oh man, you gotta have every the, fucking have one the of? air horns. Oh, and I was I,
1: like, hey. what if other guy? Uh, does the radio? Uh, radio one, Charlie, Charlie Sloss? Oh, That's oh, what he I, has. He's got the whole oh, fuck. you gotta got air horns. But man.
0: I was running about the house this morning, giving it the beep, <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> the dog. Who tank coming at John, motherfuckers! <laughs> 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 like, why? Why is that? The thing? You're
1: gonna like you're you're going in so loud now, microphone. You're going to crash cars and this fucking thing, right? Sorry. So we're talking about I <laughs> think to see the <laughs> sound version <laughs> up here. It's like off the fucking chart. <laughs> right, so we have uh Wu Tang Clan enter the thirty six chambers.
0: Enter hey the Wu Tang. Thirty six chambers. Thirty six chambers. Um this this came out in ninety three. Ninety three was Clinton becoming president. Mm-hmm. World Trade Center bombing, first go. Yes. The Waco Siege? oh that's right. i thought i i still in my head I, I thought that wasn't late 80s but there you go oh no it was 90s wasn't it? All right, and okay. it was the year that schindler's list came out okay yes. so that's 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 our world that's stuff that's going on on the outside uh-huh. but in terms of music in 1983 what do you think was the biggest album now i'm hitting straight away i'm going this is the emergence of grunge alternative rock Blah, 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 blah. 1993.
1: It's oh, got to be a... Gotta be, uh, uh, sadly, it's probably
0: going to be a Brian Adams or something like that. You're it's fucking right. It's Whitney Houston, Bodyguard. Oh. <sighs> you know what number two is? Fucking Kenny G. <laughs> None of the albums. Who
1: doesn't love a bit of Kenny G. Heard it.
0: Fucking thrum. Unplugged, Eric Clapton, third. So oh. the top ten... Mm-hmm. There's only one rap album and it's not Wu-Tang. It's The Chronic. Okay, right, yeah. Chronic was out at the tail end of the year yes, before. Yes, that's
1: right. So it's over there, yeah.
0: But in critics' polls at the end of the year, mm-hmm. the top 10 best albums of the year, Wu-Tang's number three. Okay. Chronic ain't on it. Mm-hmm. In fact, there isn't any other rap, hip-hop album considered For the near the okay. top 10. So you can see how influential this album grew to be. Yeah. Just like the Stone Roses, which is a weird parallel, but as the year went on, people started to go, hang on, this, started is, to realize, this yeah. is hitting me a bit more than it did when I first and, heard it. And kind of the same problem. It
1: was sort of new. Yeah. Hip-hop wasn't new, but the way they were doing it was new. That and the way new. they were coming, the, the angle they were coming at well, it. Well, you're... So, well, let's, let's get a bit of background to the Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> then. So it is a clan, obviously. It is a clan. And there's quite a lot of... uh there's been fluctuations of members in now, hasn't there really? But there there has been, but the, the main core group. The core nine. Give us a nine there on your <laughs> on your, on feet, on your
0: <laughs> You god, inspector deck, master killer, Rizza Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Method Man, Raekwon, and Ghostface. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right I didn't read that. Face fat man. So uh, So uh yes, the, the three th- of those
0: are, are causes okay um the rizza jizza and odb are all cousins and they were all previous projects Um, the all in together now crew was the one that they were in before yes uh jizza and rizza got solo Mm -hmm. albums which went nowhere no pearly 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 marketed and sold and the the songs are pretty terrible like but have you heard rakim's one was mm-hmm. it Prince Rocky, he was called sorry. Prince Rocky, that's right yeah I love you Rocky. <laughs> I got so many ladies <laughs> what the fuck is that I remember oh, seeing beautiful. that video years ago
1: and I've I had no
0: idea they're like at the, s- the, the queue for the movie theatre and he's going past like on a dolly <laughs> past all these women and then when it gets to the chorus they're lining up with the camera yeah we love you Rocky. <laughs> fucking the, terrible
1: are the, 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 the we trying to keep that
0: one fucking hidden well to be fair it was it was the kick in the ass they needed because yeah n- n- they both came out of it pretty much and through the whole of what we're going to tell you <laughs> nearly every member of the Wu-Tang Clan was either in prison mm-hmm. shot had felony charges taken up against them so though they actually were yeah oh yeah they, they were, were they were a proper gang I mean they were uh, a pro- yeah. but they w- the beauty of this album was that it it had so many other weird elements mm. like the kung fu element yeah, it, to, it took like they, <laughs> that, that is they so couldn't walk in and go, let's go full gangster rap, which they could have and been legitimate, but they didn't.
1: But that's the thing that's what's so like the kung fu thing just always really, I l- the kung fu thing, it it, it just <laughs> it just was brilliant, you and know. I don't know why it, it worked so well with hip hop, but it did, and I seen it then. Um, a couple of different ones that I'd, I'd brought in, uh, like Fuji's. Remember the Fuji's mm-hmm. fucking Lauren Hill and, and Wyclef Jean, and all or okay They did a wee bit about <laughs> the the Asian influence and all this stuff. But I never understood at the time in the 90s, going, why are these boys talking about Kung Fu in well, the middle of fucking New York? Until you <laughs> get <laughs> end a bit older and you realize, yeah. okay, it wasn't actually specifically Kung Fu as no. much as the sort of mindset and the it mentality was
0: around it. Lunatic films like. Shaolin and Wu Tang, which is where they get the name from. Yeah, Shogun Assassin, which Tarantino cites as one of the greatest films ever made, and it's bloody as hell and just nuts. Five Deadly Venoms, Master the Flying Guilty, All these films mm-hmm. are either like quoted, or they have They'll major parts like in solo albums. Or yeah. you know, there's a lot in Jizz's Liquid Swords. It's just c- cuts of a film, and it's the most like brooding, like build up to songs you've ever heard, but. More importantly, it's where they got their influence for this. Yes. Not only that because album. it
1: gives them a a sort of obviously a, d- d- a unique approach, but it gives them a unique sort of sound in the way they were uh, yeah intertwining all together. I mm-hmm. mean and and you hear talked an awful lot about what we're talking about the free association. You ever see that's the free associative lyrics? You ever see that sort of stuff?
0: Is this the whole the sort
1: of the the, the psychotherapy stuff of
0: um, Yeah? Well was, it, was, it,
1: was it Freud or something the free association uh, yes like yes, your, yes. like yes. your subliminal sort of mm-hmm. f- so it's basically flowing like the yeah. flow just comes out and, but it's like you're so into the, the flow or the zone or whatever the fuck you want to call it that you're so into that it just comes from the subconscious and just keeps flowing yeah.
0: and you end up inevitably talking about your lifestyle Yeah, and you, you walked in not approaching it that way but you ended up it's talking about out, yeah. what you've done how you've came to be here and what's inspiring you while you're here mm-hmm. now a lot of the stuff, uh, changing names, Just it was genius. Mm. Yeah, they have a couple of AKs, a, a couple of, a couple of names But they're too. all based around, I think the guys are very much into this whole 5%er, Islam Supreme Mathematics, right, okay. which we will not discuss, because mm-hmm. I will fuck it up, mm-hmm. and we will have somebody after us. Fat was. For Fat who? <laughs> you fat what? You, you, you fat wad.
1: <laughs> uh yeah definitely moving swiftly along so th- that in the that s- in the sense if you talk about what was going on at the time in hip-hop if you talk about the chronic and you talk about you're talking you about know, snoop that year, just coming out came yeah, out that year it came out that year and it's still it's the gangs it's the blows and the crypts all that sort of stuff real <laughs> and slick production oh uh, yeah big f- like Doggy Style was uh, it was my first album. It was my first hip hop album. I stole It's it. a brilliant I, album. I, I got a copy of it on tape from uh, Danny Conley. <laughs> you stole it, did you say? No, no didn't it. He gave me. A, I got a copy of it of him. Um, oh, so the two of us then had it memorized. Um, but again, we have to. We should point out the context of being from Tyrone. Yeah. And listen to Snoop Dogg as <laughs> uh, full title Snoop Doggy Dogg at the time. out. In Tyrone, you know. Uh, not too many other people, as much as they all proclaim that they are big fucking hip hop fans now, it was not welcomed in Ireland back in 1993. No. Uh, there this were was very this very few people, very few. You could count them on your own hand in this town who would listen to Snoop or Dre or any of those things that mm-hmm. would happen
0: at the time. And um, luckily, luckily, thank God, I knew all them, I and we're all d- friends. And I don't, yeah, and I don't know how that happened. Either, the, likes of them, yeah. the likes of the likes of. I'm going to name drop people here but the likes of Paul Martin mm-hmm. and Dean and Sir One Paul Martin, Sir One don't and forget. Benny Sweeney and Kevin Sweeney mm-hmm. Brendan and Kevin were literally listening to songs uh, and albums like they were avoiding The Chronic and Doggy Style and Wu-Tang and Midnight Marauders because they were into Eric B and Rakim mm-hmm. and I was going how can uh-huh. you be in-? and they were like this started it, man. This is the start. <laughs> Listen to the start, and mm-hmm. then you'll know where. And I was, and then Mob Deep and all that stuff, and it was all there. And I was going, fucking mm-hmm. hell, this is deep." But luckily, the the guys were there and going, "Take a copy of that."
1: Yeah, and that's and that's uh, at that time because again, I mean, you're talking pre-internet, you're talking pre-streaming, pre anything. You're you're you're
0: copying tips. You had a, you relied on that one guy yeah. whose ma <laughs> was f- susceptible enough to buy the album. Or whose ma was, was gullible enough to
1: let you sign up to Britannia. Oh, remember that? <laughs> remember that crack? Sign up to Britannia. Oh, that fucked so, so many credits and houses. <laughs> remember that? Oh, five albums for a pound. Aye. Five tapes or five CDs for a pound and then you just have to join up and buy one every couple of months and after that and that one was bought after the five and production was given but every house was blacklisted The credit written.
0: Oh, Jesus. sir. It was, but that, you remember that? I know like five or six people that fucked that up. Yeah, I did it. Cormac, Cormac fucked up with stamps. I did that. <laughs> I swear to fuck, he got this idea for a stamp collection thing and then didn't pay the thing. Oh. And like it took like two years for mum and dad to fucking try to... It's there forever.
1: So for all those people out there who their first listening experiences uh, were thankful to Britannia. Thank you, Britannia. I'm um, sorry. Hold well Britannia. You, sorry you folded. Um, Do they fold? But based on your business model, I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> they should have folded way earlier <laughs> than they time did. Ago. I don't know why I'm surprised. Uh, so... I mean that. that so, w- but we had we had nowhere to buy the albums either. You know, we no. had in the town. I mean, you're talking uh, town of Omaha. You're talking mainly places that want to sell country and western. Yeah. Um. And well, now uh, some some places popped up in the in the mid to late nineties that had sort of a more alternative look at things. But the mainstream, if you want to call it that, everything was you know Brian Adams, Whitney Houston, and that sort of stuff. And then the country and western because it was Irish and all that. So Wu Tang Clan, even just saying it. I know to a man behind the counter. We
0: the worst times,
1: clan. Ah, oh, it is. Not one. Don't take. Don't Holy shorter. fuck!
0: Is that English? Is that one I am? <laughs> uh, Chinese boys? <laughs> yes, we're all listening to the Chinese boys. Yeah. Where was the Chinese thing? But we had the beatbox.
1: We had the beatbox. We had the beatbox. I got America. most beatbox. wanted. No in worry. the beatbox, did
0: you? And no I don't worries. know what. I don't. I think it was eleven. Oh, that's but it was so good and but that yeah, was before that was our saviour but again the production on that type of album you have to get your mind into the, the where where hip hop especially at that period yeah. was and it was slick it was too slick for the Wu-Tang that was now, the problem all the MCs weren't slick mm-hmm. some of them were absolute masters mm-hmm. the Ice T's Ice Cubes of the world Chuck D etc they were all they had an agenda and hit it as hard as it can be hit mm-hmm. and it's still some of the stuff I listen to daily oh yeah yeah but what the Wu-Tang done, we'll get into a bit more. But what they did was they would actually fight, like battle rap, to see who got the next verse. Yeah. Oh, all oh, you had to be on your toes. That's, like, you that's, know, that's, can you that's, imagine that's, walking in a junior like, get on my ram, man. <laughs> and everybody's like, all right, print. go ahead there. No yeah. biggie, the ball, on the biggie. <laughs> you're up against but, that. And then some more goes, I got a better one. And you're like, but it's my go? And you're like, it's nobody's but go? It's nobody's go. And by the way, up next is ODB. Yeah. And, and gonna he's just going to go, baby, come back <laughs> home. Like, all right. Uh,
1: so, uh, and and again, 93, when the album came out, um, we were quite young. So it was, but we were still at that teenage years, starting to come into our teenage years, where hip hop was kind of, because it was frowned upon, you looked at it more. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of those ones that don't listen to that. And then you go fuck. I must listen to that. Well, I sort of—I <laughs> never forget my ma here maybe listen to Doggy Style, and she was like, "Jesus <laughs> Christ!" I was playing, you know. And, and the worst thing, to I be was, fair, w- like I, was, I know, but it was one of those interludes, you know, the way in between. Oh yeah, and all the skits. And it was and then skit, and one of the skits is the one where uh, he's upstairs and he's banging your mm. doll, and he's hard at it. And I was like, oh, and my mouth, what the fuck is that? I was like, oh, I don't know, it's the radio. <laughs> Fucking turn it off. <laughs> <Atlantic> 252, <laughs>
0: Something's happening. Atlantic 252. So they're, like yeah, but so but I, I think we the correlation started
1: proper underground. It felt like, do you have to hide this shit because I'm not allowed to be listening to this? This isn't allowed. And then Wu Tang came along, and at next level, you were like, oh, this is not, this is not like guns and stuff. No, because not that I could relate to fucking no, <laughs> Snoop Dogg, could, but, but but it was what you knew. It was yeah. all you had listened to. So you you had heard about hip hop. Yeah, yeah,
0: like we didn't have. We really didn't have like there wasn't a major market in Ireland in the early nineties for Tribe Called Quest or De La oh, Soul stuff. Absolutely. Now there always will be, mm-hmm. and as you grew up and appreciate music a bit more, you can go. You know that that that's that's better structured, rap or hip hop songwriting, mm-hmm. but it wasn't raw in any way. Whereas, like. It's like listening to fucking foreigner, and then all of a sudden somebody puts on like this hardcore punk song, and you're like, "Well, I what? always,
1: I always gotta, I always remember the reaction to the white stripes when they first came out. Very that, raw too. That raw thing where people were like, Wow, That's because of, like all the grunge, you know? and even the grunge to a certain extent was very well produced. Mm-hmm. You know, all doubling up their layers and their, their double vocals and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and then these two fucking wingnuts, well, one wingnut especially, coming out with the raw that that level of raw sound you're like oh okay it it was the same thing what we we're talking. it sort mm-hmm. of perked your ears up in the middle of all the haze you see yep. this thing you're like oh that's a bit different uh and then you got find the skills of the actual fucking raps yeah. like it's, it's the rhymes and that shit it, it was, was
0: it was um it was the only album that i could at a, at a time mm-hmm. could go back to front i could yeah. i could Know each one, yeah. Each cadence, every sort mm-hmm. of hit. I I knew, and I've never heard that in an album, especially in an album like a hip hop album, which is primarily vocal. Mm-hmm. All the skill comes from the MC. You have to, you have to listen to how many words is he getting into that mm-hmm. fucking bar. I mean, oh like, man, how is he linked that to that? What mm-hmm. what what's going through? This is a like an early late teens, early twenty year old male from an impoverished area of mm-hmm. a New York borough that is a massive, it's a huge racial area. To It's like the majority of it's that line is white. So black people are sort of pushed into this corner. Oh yeah, yeah. And to have that sort of mental gymnastics to figure all that out, put it into these sort of, and again, they were writing them on the fly. like mm-hmm. yeah, there They weren't landing with books no. and stuff. They were oh. landing and going, okay, I got to beat what he's just done uh-huh. in this next song. You're like, how did you think of that?
1: And, you can apply that to anything. If you had that in sport, which is kind of do with football teams, maybe boys competing for spaces or competing for, s- for places in the team, uh, has there been anybody else done it musically? Like, like you're literally you're going to battle for this next verse. You're going to battle to see if you're on this album mm-hmm. or this track. You know, uh, I don't think anybody's done that since. There hasn't <laughs> been any cl- apart from the the what do you call the fucking twenty one seconds uh police <laughs> <The Blazing>
0: squad <laughs> <Blazing> squad <laughs> the
1: squad i don't know if they ever had the battle um they probably no no nah. nah, even
0: that's slick as fuck that's all there's an alive sprint in that no thing.
1: that's all that's insane yeah and and the, when it came to the production of Wu-Tang mm-hmm. this is when they must have had a a, a tete a tete there had to be some con- sort of confrontation where some of them must have wanted to go down the route of the sort of California, or did they want to go so against the West Coast that they just want a whole different vibe from the well, East?
0: Well, what what's said now is that end the Wu Tang is that the the birth of hardcore hip hop, mm-hmm. and it's the resurgence of New York hip hop. More importantly, yes, because you had you know you could like well, Cool Cool G rap and all that were out, but yeah. it wasn't really like they were trying to do the gangster thing; and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. What Wu Tang inspired was. Nas, Biggie, mm. Jay Z, Mob Deep—all yeah. these bands that people now, or all these acts that people now look at and go, like all everybody I've just named is in the top ten best hip hop albums oh yeah, ever. Yeah. Like, and that's not me saying that; that's on record. So but you had guys,
1: <coughs> excuse me, you had guys, especially in New York. You know, you're talking Big Daddy Kane and Big L. You know, yeah. there's there's a lot of acts there that didn't
0: get the mainstream
1: attention no, that they should have but they were there with wu tang you know oh, that level absolutely. of you know anything i a gang-
0: think biz marquis was like one of the when when the three guys were um the all in together now crew mm-hmm. Biz marquis was the one that noticed that the three of them had something yeah but they didn't quite have it in this this three piece they had and they needed to how they're going to expand it what's the new so there was old heads sticking in going right you you, you need to refocus mm-hmm. and i think it was after uh, his spate with solo career that RZA, I think he, he missed the jail term, something happened. Skipped and just no no he he was he actually got lucky. he got lucky right okay and his mom came and said, this is literally your second chance mm-hmm. um and that's where the whole supreme mathematics thing I mean, you're right I have to be this this other human being have to remember who I am I have to respect my culture I have to be more knowledgeable about what I do and when I do that. I can only trust that these other two people aren't with me, but there's more people I know that are the best MCs around and they just happen to live where I live. Mm-hmm. So first up, I think, was Ghostface. Ghostface, killer. So if you have to go, if you have to run down, I think you UGOD, Inspector Deck, and Master Killer are amazing MCs. Yes. They're, they're What they do, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a boat... Mm-hmm. With <laughs> Rayquan, <Kwan, laughs> yeah. Ghostface, Jizza,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Method Man, and ODB, mm-hmm. you're
1: getting sunk like. Like, I don't know. what, you're, what you, ODB for me is is my favorite, maybe ever. Oh, I know it's a bit really universal. I ever? fucking love him. I just absolutely love. It him. is out. Al- the album I, so I love the album, and I love uh, I love it all the time. But there's something about his voice. There's something yeah. just so deadly. Oh and yeah, so. Raw, if you want to call that again, but dirty, like old, dirty. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. It's, 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 it's a rasp that you'll always pick out mm-hmm. the Wu Tang no matter what. You or know, in any song, always, or any song, yeah, you'd always hear that. And I just like so it's for me it's like I I love him for that. And so maybe he's not the best rapper. He's just my favorite because of that yeah. end of things. But um, when you think of of Jizza and and like Method Man, Jesus, Method fuck, like Man, what brilliant. the fuck do you do? You know how do you? Uh, that's where the that's where the quality stays at the top level. And mm-hmm. when you have boys a guy you have to compete against. Um, I, I don't know I don't know how they ever dealt with those uh, egos and personalities you know uh
0: well a lot of it's documented but there's actually a film called The Source where it shows the boys like falling out in the tour bus and all yeah Couldn't it have just happens yeah. and it's like falling out because somebody talked more in an interview than the other person talked mm-hmm. That's you exciting. know that nine type of petty personalities petty and egos like,
1: started dealing with a thing that normally is dealt with by one or two people yeah so you have nine trying to be interviewed so like so you know.
0: but again childhood friends Impoverished upbringing, a lot of money. Mm-hmm.
1: Well what happens then? Like? Yeah, that's it. People get fucking now, nasty. Now, luckily,
0: there wasn't too much nastiness. No. Um, and I think build up to the album. Protect Your Neck was released first. It was the first one, yeah. So the band had heard a snippet of what the soundscape of the album was going to sort of be like. hmm Because it was produced in the same. But then, what they didn't expect was that it blew up. And people were demanding copies of this protect your neck like we're gonna get so they started releasing it they released a single and
1: they, they weren't expect they didn't they definitely didn't expect it to do well no uh, and nowhere near thought it did as well as it actually did
0: and to be honest a lot of the band members um it's sl- it's slated at the time for the production being bad mm-hmm. but it was deliberately made that dirty and grimy well that's it, they it and with yeah. a big massive base mm-hmm. and sort of weird like echoey vocals and that strange echo of every movie sample yeah that sounded movie, yeah. like somebody recorded it mm-hmm. in front of the tv on a phone but that was impossible but all that mixed and people actually wanted their album produced that way after the album came out they were like can we can we sound like everything
1: hotel? was so slick and so smooth they just wanted something no, i wanted something yeah. a bit more
0: yeah. especially the likes of naz his album is actually quite slick though but he took complete influence um with his vocal style. Yeah. From And how couldn't you? There was nine people there. And nine people who pretty much changed the game on their own in one album. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're coming at it confidently. They were saying, this one's going to change everything. Well, we're they knew the level they were at. Yeah, they, yeah. they knew. It I it they mean,
1: Jesus, if you were sitting in the recording studio and you just heard the verses that uh, ended up in the album, you, <laughs> you had to be confident. You're going like, to right know what was going to happen. So Protect Your Neck was, your first, was the first single. Um, mm-hmm. You had Method Man, Cream, and then Cannot Be All So Simple. Yep. Um, again, singles don't really, to me anyway, I don't ever really rate singles. No. It usually happens to me. I don't know if it happens to you, but when I listen to an album, it's usually the singles I avoid because they've yep. had so much radio play, so much, so you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the other stuff. I want to the good stuff. Um, but this one doesn't, this is one album that I don't really feel like that. Even the singles, I'm going, ah, I still want to listen to them. I still want to hear them. I still want
0: to... I sort of... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I sort, I don't avoid them, but if I had to listen to... It, if somebody goes, you, you've only got two songs yeah, to listen to this yeah. album, none of them would be a single. Yeah. That's but it's rare that you listen to that album, without listening to it the whole way through. Yeah. You, you ha- I,
1: it, it is one of those albums that mm-hmm. just goes from start to finish. Um,
0: I've only got about, I'd say in my life, there's only about five albums that I can go, I'm just listening to it the whole way through. Uh, yeah, wouldn't be far off it myself. And yeah, I, there's, like few, and th- there's yeah. hundreds I love, mm-hmm. but there's only a few I'll go. I can't have this cut up in any way. Yeah. I have to hear it. You have to hear it as a, as the a, way a I heard yeah,
1: it. Yeah. And, and yeah, that is so rare, rare, rare. So, that's so rare. You're not gonna, you're not gonna find that. And I, I haven't found that in years. An album that you still to this day have to listen to and uh, the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, it shows the quality of. Uh, of the of the making of it and but also the, 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 the legacy it has. You, we could talk about you know, that 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 free flowing or free associative yep. Raymond that they're talking about. You notice it in an awful lot um in all of them. It wasn't just one person had it, they all sort of took on that where sometimes you're like, what did he you say <laughs> You know, you know he was so into the flow that it was com- like You said it earlier, they're coming up with their own lifestyles, all the yeah. things coming through. But if your lifestyle is poverty and disadvantage, well then it's going to come shining through. Um, and, and prison. And, and and the opposite was happening on the, East, on the West Coast where they were poor but they were trying to make out that they were loaded.
0: Yeah, <laughs> ju- know, They were trying to pretend like that they are... Drugs talking. and guns yeah. are what makes us better. Yeah, and we have so going much going money, all the gold chains, all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And on the East Coast, uh tang hanger prophesying, we're going to tell you how bad it is. Yeah. Because of drugs and guns, yeah. And, talk,
1: and talking about mental health, mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is uh, this was what they were doing. You know, um, when everybody else talking about fucking killing people, they were trying to f- solve the you, the mm-hmm. person. You know, uh, so we, we never really, I mean, we 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 again we can't really play the tracks because of copyright, but some of them, some of the bass lines on them, um, I. I a lot of it sounds like a, a, a live drummer, but I'm not really sure. No? no? It's Is it the, not?
0: The, the, the cuts that he, that he managed to find from these old songs mm-hmm. are as good as, like, Tribe Call Quests. Right. Sort of deep-digging
1: cuts. So there's a lot, of, a lot of... Well, there's a lot of sampling in this album. Anyway, but a lot of sampling. Yeah, okay. And and I, I love... Uh, finding but there's drum
0: machines. There's drum machines in it too, like... He's yeah, great there's a lot of beats too, like, so.
1: But I love finding a song from, like... Years ago, that mm-hmm. was sampled, and you didn't know it was the one that sampled. Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, that like so that? I never knew that." Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, I know some Lauren Hill. I think uh, she sampled a song that they sampled. Yes, that'll all be so simple. Yep. Um, I don't actually know who does it. Patti LaBelle, or something like that. Uh, and so, I mean, it's, it's continuing on. You, I, I, I actually heard somebody recently. I think a new artist has
0: sampled that same thing again. You no, don't believe it? Yeah. Um, I'm just surprised nobody sampled the piano bit of "Cream." Yeah, dollar, dollar bills, you Because it's so distinct. Mm-hmm. And in the the Wu Tang of Mike's and Men documentary, which if you haven't seen it, it's four hours of fucking bliss. Uh, they they state that that, that whole song's finished. There's no hook, right? There's nothing. And Metal Man's like remembers like a correspondence he had with a friend of his in prison, and at the bottom he really wrote "Cream." And he had it right back to him saying, what do you, what do you mean, cream, what he you me? He goes, cash was everything around me. And he goes, that's going to end a song. <laughs> so then he goes to the studio and RZA's like, we've got this. And he goes, oh, that's, that hook's amazing. And he goes, but we can't, we've no, we've no verse, we've no, mm-hmm. we've nothing in the middle of it that can hold it together. No <sighs> words. Left? You know, c- can you imagine, like, that, like um, the, the, the Inspector Deck and Ray Quan are the main vocalists in that song. Imagine there being ju- just a gap And then inspect the deck Yeah, No, I wouldn't know. Uh,
1: Without that. You couldn't without the cream, da, 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 Without that chorus, like. Yeah, no.
0: And he came up with, like, that. Really? So that was three people, and then a fourth being Riza with getting the. Nobody else is involved in that And it's so iconic and it became their big song. It became their big one, yeah. It became
1: the song... Uh, I think it actually might have been the first song that I got introduced to We're talking, to be honest with you. Really? Scream, yeah. Um,
0: it was the first one that actually put the recording studio put money towards the video because the video for Protect Your Neck is like me and you fucking did it out in the backyard. plastered at half four in the morning. It's got timestamps on it. Oh, get the fuck out. Oh, and different, different <laughs> scenes, different timestamps on And they're all like waving their arms about Like, Mom, boys, you're doing the video. Mom, go.
1: Hey! Uh, so the album uh, came out as you say in 93 uh, they uh, like the Stone Roses as you said earlier it sort of waited until the end of the year or the end of the 12 months or such before it sort of grew on people mm-hmm. uh, the legacy from that as I said it's just the resurgence of because you're talking 94 is uh, not ninety f- is it 94 is ready today Peggy uh, or is it so 85 got just after maybe so you've got that coming in you know that whole link you've got as I said, Big Daddy Kane and Big L, and then you Gangstar, they sort of had a mm-hmm. same sort of Wu-Tang type of thing yeah, where yeah. There's like loads of, lo- loads of artists together. Uh, so the legacy was quite strong in what they did and, and, and people were trying to replicate that. But then they broke up. Am I right? I'm trying to think of the officially then because people came and, and came went well no, this time y- and on.
0: They just took their time again. Mm-hmm. It follows... Unbelievably, the story of the Stone Roses and the story That's of the Wu-Tang follows a very, very <laughs> you heard similar thread. the first,
1: ladies and gentlemen, the first people ever to, pr- to, <laughs> to link the Wu-Tang the and Stone Roses. The most roses.
0: tenuous of fucking links you've ever <laughs> heard. But they they took their time. Um, A few people stepped out. A few people stepped in. Like, Capadonna appears all of a sudden mm-hmm. as yeah. a permanent member of Wu-Tang, but he's not involved in the debut album. Uh, yeah, and
1: where did Buster Rhymes come in this? Buster Rhymes? Did he not come in? Did he appear on some track, somewhere with them as well? And I thought, is he now part of the Wu Tang? Or he uh, made him? Uh, is he on the second album? He's I don't know if it's the second album or was like the f- like you no know, the, the gravel pit area, you know, when you get the well oh maybe thing. he, could, he th- was th- he appeared th- people then. Were I don't jumping at now. yeah there were people jumping in now, but I well remember put it this way. I'm not really sure Buster Rhymes was in there, and I was thinking, is he in the fucking Wu Tang now? When
0: did that Master Killer is the one that people forget every time. Yeah. And
1: it's on the. F- Sorry, but Dad, I don't know what we a a. Technical
0: glitch there. <laughs> Tell the <laughs>
1: truth. <laughs> Just disappeared on us there. The door
0: opened. Know. Boy ran in. We had to bait the fuck out of him. We saved an empty building. Yay! That'll do me. Right. Uh, where were we? <laughs> we were. Uh, well. So we're taking it on. I mean. You're, you're talking about ODB, right? Yeah. There's. The, the people base the sort of popularity of the, the band members or the sort of value of the band members on uh, their their solo albums. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty much all of them have done a solo album, but there are three in particular. Yeah. I'm not going to count ODB's one because I know where you're coming from, but for me, I, I, and I like that album. I know, but there
1: uh, there is a wee bit of the wee poppy sort of mainstream, but I, don't know I went like a, I know that, but
0: but Rayquans only built for Cuban links, mm-hmm. Ghostface's supreme clientele, and Jizz's liquid swords. are literally. I know there's no argument, and like I told you I'm not gonna say litter anymore, <laughs> but I have to say it. They are up there with the best. Yeah.
1: I, I can't argue with that. I, I like I said, even I even said I, I know ODB is a bit controversial. It's just he's my personal favorite. But yeah, when it comes to yeah. the quality, the, the the other albums are are unreal. The that was four year gap then between '93 to '97 for mm-hmm. the second album. Uh, did they then take a gap to? Was it
0: when did? Uh I don't think it was an official breakup. I don't think there was anything. They just didn't do anything. Just it just didn't really do much yeah. for a while, and it was so the single "Gravel Pit" was probably their biggest hit they ever had. Yeah. Ever, yeah. Um, and that w- was well, the second album was massive and it had Triumph was a big single, but I think Gravel Pit was massive worldwide, like it was global, it yeah. was just out of the totally out of the blue. This out of the blue,
1: and this had a very weird, weird video, weird. weird, everything about it was weird. Um, but fucking real catchy tune, like. catchy tune, and some real good verses, mm-hmm. real clinker. Verses. Oh,
0: they're they're th- they're all like supreme. MCs they they, yeah. they are individually they're 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 great as a clan they're unbelievable and that's why they've never touched the debut because they've never went back to that sound uh, mm-hmm. because they didn't need to they've've they've no, they've it. They've it, yeah. it yeah ballseye but that's why that debut album just sits so highly with me because it was totally fearless mm-hmm. it had nothing going for it and the climate that it was in it wasn't supposed to work. Absolutely, yeah. Um, only that these people were so talented, right from the production with RZA, right through to the MCs, and to top it off, the feeling I always got from it was it was supposed to be like a hidden gem. It wasn't supposed to be big. As if they didn't want it to be found. Yeah. It was supposed to be the one that me and you would be giving each other, Listen to. Listen that there, we hear that. It thing. was
1: like the r- they were the rappers, rappers. Yeah. They wanted to sort of keep yeah, it, yeah. The little, you know, keep it amongst themselves, yeah. that sort of thing, and sort of. We don't want this it. to get out. Yeah. But we want the respect but of our, respect.
0: Our, our peers, you know, and, and, and by fuck, okay, so. they got it. They uh, got it. Did you ever see them? No. I've had two opportunities. Once I was at university, and I don't know what ended up happening, but drink was involved. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, I was playing in my band, and we couldn't go.
1: I got to see them at Oxygen, 2007. And uh it was my first music festival and it was fucking pissing down mm. in Punchestown. Oh I mean? In, really? in uh, Dublin. Lord, how would you imagine that? And the Wu Tang were on very, very early in the day and hardly any fucker came to see them. What? I don't know. I went to see it, I was like heartbroken. Slash elated, <laughs> yeah, you, you got fucking uh, front row. I I, liter- I got front row. There was no, I was at the front row at the barrier, just watching. I was like, "Why is there nobody?" No, I'm not saying nobody was at it. There might have been, but the space for the stage they were on could have held maybe say eight thousand. Jesus I would say about three hundred rudders. Mm. That little, Uh I, 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 amazing, just unbelievable. Cause like they were all there. They, they, it was this was the big resurgence in 2007. This was them coming back. The only thing I like l- again, a lot of um substances <laughs> were involved that yes. weekend of that festival. Uh, pints, 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 of course, pints. and crack, and all I can remember is the is the
0: bass. i knocking your fucking lungs
1: in here. Never to this day, before or after in my life, have <laughs> I ever felt my entire <laughs> internals fucking vibrate like my lung felt my kidney rubbish up against it just because a bass fucking just I've never felt it before now obviously I was very at the front but I was at the front of a lot of other gigs before yeah I've never ever felt bass like this ever it was fucking immense it was absolutely Mm. amazing Uh, in the rain and all the rest but uh, it was just it was just fantastic again a sort of bucket list job for myself but yeah very disappointed at Irish people not coming out and uh, showing the love for the clan but again (laughs) let's rephrase that Oh yeah, sorry. for the Wu Tang Clan. For the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> because if it was the fucking clan, clan, there probably is a lot of. <laughs> there may be about hundred thousand people there. <laughs> that's the fucking that's a sad joke. That's reality. a joke. No, it's a sad reality. This fucking um, country. But anyway, but th- 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 the thing that got me at the time was how fickle has it had been. Because I think Gravel Pit might have been two thousand and one, two, three, sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we're here. We are two thousand seven, and nobody's already heard them anymore. Or or are coming to watch them or coming to listen to them? Yeah. Now, it could say a lot about the festival. could say maybe they were, you know, if they had a gig in the point or if they had a gig somewhere of their own gig, they probably would have sold it out or whatever. But at that time for that festival, it was just quite surreal. And you could see them struggling, you know, as you would do. You're struggling with a small crowd. and you, Yeah. You know, in the rain. And well, who was headlining on that? Uh, 2007, I can't remember, I think. Was it in hour? Have No, no, no. Like, the Wu-Tang were way out of... Uh, uh, came out of nowhere. There was... um. I'm nearly sure the strokes were the uh, headliner, um, along. along with, uh, yeah, strokes or headliner, just checking here, the strokes are headlining with um, The Cure. What? The Cure, I remember going to see The Cure at that stage, and so it wasn't that sort of... But you're still expecting some sort of... Should have been, just for pure respect, I do yeah. but uh, it didn't happen, and I got to... Um, I don't know how I didn't get tinnitus, but I <laughs> I survived. Yeah. My liver didn't explode, um, and uh, I got the experience of Wu Tang up close, you fucker. But I would have enjoyed that. It was immense, and I'm very very pleased. I suffered through the hangover and got in my tent and made my way down to it, um, mm. again by myself, flying solo, because some of the other fuckers were all lying drunk. Uh I was like, well, like we could have, like, you could have done that in fucking John Street. Yeah, like Wu Tang's playing over there. Like John Str- Okay, you might have had like, the walking whistling donkeys or something, but Aye. you could still go to... The <laughs> you know. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. The of course. Just so come down to Punchetown and get full drunk lie in the tent. Uh, sure, we can go do that now with nobody there. I was going to say, I could put you in my backyard in the tent and just get you full drunk and just lie
0: there. But just put, put it on won't boom be playing in the backyard. No, they won't be there. They definitely won't be there. Well, And if they are, they're on Spotify. Well, well the one thing how we're going to end this, what happened when they were signed... And people had heard "Protect Your Neck" and they'd heard some of the mm-hmm. demos of what's coming out. And RCA Loud Records, who signed them, agreed to a deal that is sort of notorious mm-hmm. in the music industry. Right. The deal was that all of the individual acts—usually when somebody signs—if you sign Destiny's Child, you've signed Beyoncé as well. Mm-hmm. Beyoncé can't go anywhere else and do a solo album. Yeah. And then they are recording, and they can't go anywhere. All the other. What am I thinking of? Can't do any solo stuff. They can't do any solo stuff with any other record label. Yeah, can't record anybody else. So what they're trying to do is, uh, the, w- the Wu Tang didn't want to do that. They wanted to ship their stuff out to whoever they wanted. Yeah. So RCA Loud Records agreed. Which again was I think the first time. Uh, I think it was done. Parliament Funkadelic. I think. Oh right, Okay. Uh, George Clinton's P Funk groups mm-hmm. were allowed, but not to this scale. Not to like the level like they. I mean. Yeah. All the and other, all the other groups were allowed to go to different record mm-hmm. labels. Uh, some stayed with RCA. Mm-hmm. Some went to Def Jam. Some went to Elektra. Some yeah. w- but they were allowed to go, and that set a precedent. But what it eventually was was the Wu Tang Clan, and what they recorded is fifty percent of Wu Tang Productions. The other fifty percent is the solo stuff. Right. Okay. So every album, every artist, every album that was made by the artist as solo, had to give twenty percent back to Wu Tang Productions. Every fucking that's one, fucking medieval, and that's that's some smart stuff. there. That right? is, yeah, because and what that would have been
1: insured, that would have been Giza, wouldn't it? That would have been sort of like
0: R- Risa and Giza and uh, an ODB all stayed with. Uh, I believe that they sort of set up their own thing, but what they were trying to instill was for everything we do at a later date, for when we run when this thing runs out of steam, when we can't sell any more of this, or any more of that, mm-hmm. we've still been putting that twenty percent into this. That's the kind. Yeah. So from all the albums, they amassed a fortune. Like, yes. surely the M boys were giving themselves that's wee savings. dividends out of that, etc. But it was that's class.
1: and and again, I don't think our structure's been done since. No, no. I, I mean don't think
0: anybody would be stupid enough. No, no. no record label no.
1: would be silly no. enough to. But but it sort of for them. It it sort of shows where they were thinking.
0: That's, and sort of when of that's it, exactly what I was going to say. They were like so into this. they it were so into the, the legacy of. Yeah. These weren't just a pile of thugs, no, and drug dealers, and uh, the black American youth that people thought they were when they walked about looking like a, like a gang. Yeah, they were businessmen who knew very astute businessmen and knew what that the they had we're doing. something yeah. special, mm-hmm. and they were right because it's probably the finest, one of the, uh, if not the finest, debut album. It's definitely the finest hip hop debut album I've ever heard.
1: You've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So enter the Wu Tang Clan.
0: 36 Chambers.
1: 36 Chambers, motherfucker. So, uh, that is bringing us to our end of our second week. Uh, we've covered two albums. We got there, the re technical Lynch in the middle. We don't know where or what happened there, but we're fine. Uh, bugs. Bugs. Matrix re release.
0: Matrix re release.
1: Stone Roses, re-release. Re-release. <laughs> Stone Roses uh, the first album. And uh, Enter the Wound Tank Clan, 36 Chambers. Definitely go and listen. b b b you here to hear first, y'all. <laughs> Where did he get the energy? Like? I don't know, fuck, man. I even even just playing that just makes me fucking like, ready to fucking lie down.
0: Yo, New York! Like, then they're all like that.
1: <laughs> You're fucking gonna give me to this <laughs> now through these headphones, <laughs> you fucker. So uh, I'm sorry for that. Hopefully, you didn't crash your car, or you didn't wake the child uh, lying sleeping next to you. Whatever you're doing, lying sleeping next to you. I mean, or you know, or I mean, n- I mean your own child. Or knocked me. the coffee over your com- <laughs> your computer at work. Or now you spilled coffee over because I claimed you were lying next to a child. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we will do, folks, we will be back next week. We'll come back um, with another topic. Um, we try to make sure we'll we'll keep this varied as possible. We are open to suggestions um, uh, we're Not, not gonna, too We're, nice, we're not going nice. to listen to any But we're open to them And we'll receive them But
0: uh, Again on. Gotta hit it Sort of A wee bit harder And I don't want to be Like preachy But it's sort of the stuff That me and Connor like Yeah And we're not going to like every. Now We're
1: going to like Some of them mm, Absolutely And again We're not saying These are the only ones We're not saying This no. is
0: the best The best TV show The best album The best film We're saying These are Within the best
1: Yeah they're up there With the best Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't have maybe said best
0: of the best, but then fucking. But we only did that because we fucking love the best of the best. Phone base. Drop like a toilet
1: seat, Tommy. So we have now come to the end of both the music albums. So we might go to uh a, a movie, film next week. We maybe? have to. We you know what it's going um, <laughs> <Lampions
0: Christmas Vacation. laughs> <laughs> uh, to be. A we packed there? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ghoulies three.
1: Hard to beat the Griswold, <laughs> so we will have uh, a new topic next week we uh may i don't know i don't i don't know where this is going we don't know where this is going Mm -hmm. we don't know where it came from we don't know where it's going to end up there may be guests there may be uh hopefully there's guests we may have competitions votes to see what could be talked about because after we get to like 10 which is what we have already picked out yeah <laughs> we're kind of fucked in afterwards I had to go back to the drum board again. No, we'll so just, far we're we'll okay. Go we back. go what the research. We'll just go back to
0: McCanns. Get the paints again, yeah. and then we'll get an R10 and a heartbeat. And say, Kieran, give us a wee bit of
1: inspiration there. The good, good Oh jeez, go
0: can on. you imagine Kieran's inspiration? Turn off. He's fucking bollocks. <laughs>
1: I am fucking. Which is fair. Sick less to you two punks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wee promotional video for Kieran McCann there of McCann's Bar in Oma. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week. I have been Connor Keys. This has been Ron Mullen, burr, burr, burr. And we will see you again in about 7 to 29 days. Good night.